Fellas, it's Jake, your host of Bears Nation Podcast, here to talk to you about Manscaped, new sponsor. You know, who amongst us who has not been trimming, you know, below the belt, down where it matters, and you kind of nick yourself or you got some tugging and you think, all right, we need a better razor here. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology. Guys, you're going to be feeling awesome after this. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave, take all the time you need to get all those nooks and crannies. It's also waterproof, so if you prefer to go in the shower and trim, go for it. That's what the waterproof is for. But one of the coolest features is the LED light. It shows you what you're doing, where you're doing it, and you can get a closer, tighter shave. They've also upgraded the trimmer to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget the charging stand. It's sleek and it's USB convenient, so you can charge it anytime without any hassle. If you're listening to me speak right now, which you are because it's the Bears Nation podcast, I want you to experience it firsthand yourself. So time to get trimming. Get 20% off and free shipping with code SHI, C-H-I, at checkout at manscaped.com. You're going to thank me later. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Welcome back, Bears fans. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano, as always, here to break down and preview the Bears week three matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. So let's get into it. Following a week two win against the Giants, the Bears are 2-0 and and are staring down the barrel at a high-powered offense Atlanta Falcons team. But Half that team is on the injury report right now. Most of them didn't even practice. The likes of Jake Matthews and Julio Jones didn't practice, uh, as well as many other names, and a ton of others were limited. Uh, it seems like almost nobody was active on that team. So if you're the Bears, you have to be feeling pretty confident going into this game. I mean, this is Wednesday right now. You still have a couple days, but you got to feel all right right now. If I'm being honest with you, like I, it's kind of annoying me because you know what's going to happen if the Bears win. You, you know the excuses are going to rain down from the sky that oh, Julio Jones wasn't playing and and half their team was out. Like at this point, I just want them all to play and see who's the better team. Like like that. Like that's the way I want it to happen. Now it it doesn't look like it's going to be that way because like you mentioned, the injury report today is uh it's long. It's long. It it almost reached two pages on the PDF that the uh the Atlanta Falcons PR guy posted. That's how long it was. So you know, hopefully some of those guys get healthy because you know, first of all, I want to see Jalen Johnson and Julio Jones go at it after what Jalen Johnson said this week, and we'll get into that later. That's going to be an exciting matchup. Um, you know, I, I just want to see the Bears be competitive because you know the excuses are going to come whether they win uh, or lose. So hopefully they get healthier. But no, nonetheless, man, it, it, opportunity to go three and zero, staring right at you. There's no excuses against that defense. They have a great offense, but I mean the Bears defense matches up well with them. So uh, you know th- this is going to be a good football game. I'll tell you, it's going to be a good football game, and they have a great opportunity uh, to start hot this year with three and zero. Yeah, um, you know. Seeing this, seeing uh, the Falcons on our schedule 
before the season uh, to me was a little bit scary uh, just because of their offense. And, you know, adding Todd Gurley, I know he's not necessarily what he uh, once was, but I mean, I think Todd Gurley is going to be productive no matter what. So, I mean, I was a little bit, you know, nervous um, looking at this before the year, but after what the Falcons pulled last week, <laughs> like, like I, I know I'm obviously overreacting, but like I damn near want to say Bears losing this is like a fireable offense for Nagy just because like this is a broken, broken team. And with that injury, uh, with that list, uh, with their injury list right now, I mean, man, like this is a must win game, in my opinion, like not for not for anything else other than the reason um, that we are a much better team than the Falcons. And they're like I said, they're just a broken football team. Yeah, you absolutely have to go into this game thinking, all right, you, we're stepping on their throats from the beginning and we're not letting up. And this is a game that you need to win handily. The offenses looked better from week one to week two. You got to do that week two to week three now. So you got to see it. And I, I mean, I hope they do, especially if the Falcons are missing part of their offensive line. Which is looks very likely that it will. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, they, they have to, like, this is, I don't know who's favored. I don't know if you guys are betting on this game and who's got the cover, uh, who's favored right now. I would, I would imagine the I Bears are. I, I got would, you right here. Um, Atlanta minus three. Atlanta might, well, okay. So I'm not going to really chalk that up to anything because they give three points to the spread for the home team, and there's really no home field advantage here. So let's call this game about even. It doesn't display that way when you're putting the bet down, but this game, according to Vegas, essentially is about even. And, you know, I, I would honestly say the Bears have the advantage in this game. I mean, like Jake said, like, you know, no matter what yardage has been put up by either team in the first two games, no matter how many points have been scored, one team has two wins and the other has zero. So, I mean, you could talk about the stats all you want, and sure, I'm going to talk about a heck of a lot of stats here, and they, they do mean something, but at the end of the day, you know, one team has shown, whether they've played well or not, that they can get a win, and the other team has played you know, pretty well and hasn't come come out with wins. So, you know, that that's that's a credit to Matt Nagy and their coaching staff. And you look at the Atlanta Falcons, and I think you look at Dan Quinn, who quite frankly is on the hot seat, um, especially if he loses this game. He, he he could be fired because they have a lot of talent on that team. So, look, it's, it is it is not going to be a walk in the park for the Bears. I think this is going to be a challenging game. Although there's no fans, it's in Atlanta. Um, anytime you go anywhere, you have to make the travel, you have to make the trip. Um, it's not going to be a walk in the park. But right now, I mean, like you mentioned, like, like momentum is real. Like game to game momentum is real. Uh, you could argue that it was real for the Bears last week. That fourth quarter momentum carried into the first half of that Giants game and it dissipated in the second half. But what momentum did the Falcons have after that shattering loss to the Cowboys? They have about none. So there's a chance they come out lethargic on Sunday. And if they do, the Bears absolutely have to pounce on them. And then, like Jake said, like put your foot on the gas pedal, man. You can't have a giant situation from last week. If you get, if they come out lethargic and you get a lead, you have to step on their throat and you have to score a lot of points and make it impossible for them to come back. Because with that, with that offense, I could see them doing that. So, you know, if they come out lethargic, take advantage of that immediately. Yeah. And like, I tweeted this out yesterday, um, but I just tweeted like, how is Dan Quinn still employed? Like, like how? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. And I, I'm actually, you know, I'm ecstatic that he's still employed heading into our game. Like, he can get fired after this game. That'd be fine. But, <laughs> like, it's just, man, like, I, I'm I'm just, like, I watch their team. And 
it seems like the players just gave up on him. Like it, it you just watch him and, and it just genuinely seems like that. Um, so it's like, if you can't beat a team like this, then you're not legit. And it is just one game and, you know, flukes happen any given Sunday, this and that. But I promise you, no Super Bowl contender would lose to the Falcons in week three after the game they just had. None. Zero. So the Bears have to win this game. And, you know, like we always talk about, the championship window. If that's really the window that we're in, they mm-hmm. have to win this game. I mean, the championship window, it's like you talk about. These are teams you should be beating. And so that's where you're at. This Falcons team, as Chris said earlier, they're so beaten down. They're so, you know, they're so injured, obviously. This is a team that you need to go in and think, all right, they're weak. We need to pounce on them while we can. So uh, that's basically the beginning and end of it. You know what you have. You know what you're facing. So go take care of business. And this is another great opportunity for Mitch Trubisky. I mean, Atlanta is allowing 372 pass yards per game, 31st in the league. Passers who have faced Atlanta have a 77.38% completion percentage. That's the worst completion percentage allowed in the league. Atlanta is second to last in opponent yards per play, so they are consistently allowing chunk plays. Like, time and time again, we say, man, there's no excuses for this Bears offense going up against some of these defenses. And then right here, man, like, those statistics paired with the injuries, like, there's no reason for Mitch not to have a career day. I mean, he's played better. Uh, he's looked better from everything we've seen. He's a different player from 2019. Now, the one thing I'll say about Mitch going into this game, and this refers to a little bit of the tape we saw uh, against the Giants. I know Chris retweeted this on Twitter. I retweeted it. Brian Baldinger, NFL Network analyst, broke down a play. Uh, you know, and, and this was just a beautiful drawn-up play from Matt Nagy. You have Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson going up the seam not even turning to Mitch Trubisky at any time. Right in the flat is Tariq Cohen, wide open with not a defender within 15 yards of him. And th- what did we say last week? Mitch, you look good, man, but don't got to be this hard. Does not got to be this hard. Literally, make it easy for yourself. Give it to your playmakers in space, and the yards will come to you, my man. Why do you think Jimmy Garoppolo gets 300 yards every once in a while? Because he throws it to Raheem Mostert, and Raheem Mostert runs it for 80 yards. Like, make it easy for yourself. Take the shots. I like that he's being confident, but again, it does not have to be that difficult. And against this Atlanta team, man, like, the opportunities are going to be there, so... You know, make it easy on yourself. Give your ball to your playmakers, and and this should be one of the I, I think should be one of the better days for Mitch Trubisky in his career. That's what I'm projecting based off of these statistics. So uh, he he's got to come out ready to go and pounce on this defense. It, in my opinion, the Falcons have a bottom three defense in the entire league, um, just based on paper, based off performance, the eye test, just everything. They're absolutely pitiful. Um, so logic would point to the Bears absolutely tearing them apart. But we all know that's more than likely not going to happen. <laughs> I think we said we, we all said that the last two weeks. So um, just get the win, play smart. And, you know, I this is – despite all the injuries, um, if Julio doesn't play, obviously that changes things. Um, but, you know, as far as their offense goes, you know, they still have the weapons. They really yes. do. Um, so, you know, this is going to be the first real test for the defense. Um but the offense genuinely should not have any problems moving up and down the field. Um, and if they do, then, you know, you, you're looking at it like, OK, they played three pretty horrible defenses in the Lions, the Giants and the Falcons. And, you know, if, if the offense struggling with those three teams, I think 
you know, it's going to be, a, there's going to have to be a discussion to be had. I mean, how, cause I'm trying to think of this cause Kevin, you mentioned it earlier. Like you want the Eagle, the Eagles, the Falcons to be at full strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause of the excuses, like, I'll take the win. (laughs) You know, like, I'll take the win. I don't really need the validation of beating a full-strength Falcons team because, really, at this point, are they that much better? Yeah, it'd be great to see Jalen Johnson go against Julio. And, yeah, it would be great to see the pass rush go against, you know, a fully healthy Falcons offensive line. But, also, when you get a gift, you don't just push that away. You take that and you run with it. And I think if, you know, you come to it, I'm taking the win and people can make these, oh, well, the Falcons were hurt. Okay, good teams beat bad teams that they're supposed to beat. So in that sense, the Bears do exactly what they're supposed to do if they beat up on a bad Falcons team or an injured Falcons team. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll take the win over some people arguing with me all day about, you know, oh, are the Bears real? Are they truly a good 3-0 team? Because that was quite the conversation this week. You had everybody on the national media saying the Bears were the most overrated 2-0 team, which I I, I can't really blame them for thinking that. You know, I, I, you know, we think differently as Bears fans, but I can't blame them for thinking that. But it's just like... like I mean, I don't know. Like, they need that test. I feel like they need that test. They haven't had that true. I mean, they haven't had a true test, I would say. I think that's fair to say, right? They haven't had that true test. And I just, you know, I, you're right. You are right. You, you'll take, you'll, you never want to see a team go down injured. You never want to hope for an injured player. But if it pans out that way, I mean, so be it. Bears would have to attack it and take advantage of that. I mean, like, that. that I guess for them, like, the injuries is just more of a reason to pounce and more of a reason to not let up. Like you talk about vulnerable and the current state of the Falcons right now is vulnerable. You talk about even being more vulnerable with the injuries. Like that should just be more of a reason for Matt Nagy and that team to, to just pound on them more. So I think that's the way they should look at it. Um, but I, I get what you're saying, man. And when it, like, like you will take it, you'll take it. You're not, you'll take it. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, I, I'm just really going to piggyback off both of you because um, I do agree with – I literally agree with both of you. I, I'm right in the middle with this because, I listen, we've been through so much. Just please win the games. J- just win the – I don't care how. Just win the games and get to the playoffs. Like that's that's like the mindset I'm in. But at the same time, it's like – like Kevin said, I mean, we we talk about how a win is a win, but – you know, I know deep down for all of us, we would like to see the offense, you know, play very well. Like we I think we'd all agree that yes. it would be it, we would feel a lot more confident if the offense was the reason we we won a game. Um, and, you know, like that's that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Like basically what you said, Kevin, like, you know, we're playing the Falcons and they're not very good um, if all those players actually do sit out. But if they do, I mean, I think it's a pretty val- like valid win. Like, I think, you know, it stamps like the, it really stamps that three and zero record. Um, yeah. And and yeah, so like I, I'm right in the middle. I, I see both sides. Um, but look, even if, you know, if the Falcons don't, you know, if their players do end up playing the majority of them, like this is going to be the I'll, I consider it the first real test. Um but I, I kind of want to get that that quote unquote test out of the way now rather than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think this is a team like you need those hurdles cleared now just so you can feel more confident going forward. I think that would be a huge thing and be so that we can abate those doubts and we could say, okay, feeling good about this team. 
obviously until we have a kicking situation, I don't think we'll ever feel completely comfortable, Hmm. but that's another topic for another day. Um, Going into this game though, on a scale of one to 10, how are we feeling confidence wise? I'm I'm at an eight. I'm I'm actually let, let's bump it over a bit. Let's turn it up a little bit. Let's go eight point seven. Let's make that fun. I'm at an eight point seven again. Like vulnerable. You have a chance to attack. Let's go. The Bears are coming off of a win, whether it was ugly or not. It was a win. The other team's coming off a loss. You, you can't not feel relatively confident going to this game. You simply can't, in my opinion. No, you're right. Um, he like. Logic-wise, my confidence is at, like, an 8. Um, from, like, a pure fan's perspective, I'm at, like, a 6 because uh, <laughs> because of what I mentioned earlier. Like, we all know the Bears should absolutely smash the Falcons, but, you know, just we're the Bears, so it's probably just not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just – I'm honestly being pessimistic. But, you know, logic would say, like, there's no reason not to be confident. Um, so I'll just leave it at that. Well, I mean, yeah. I think like it's different though. Like, this is a different year, man. Like, this isn't a this isn't a continuation of 2019. If this was a continuation of 2019, yeah, like maybe the, you know, like we should expect oh, the good old Bears are not pouncing on uh, a team like this. And sure, we haven't seen them in the first two games, but I still think this team is different. So, um, I still have hope that that is going to come at some point. And hopefully, this is the week. Jake, what do you want to say? No, I just think that I'm at like an eight eight or nine because I, yeah. especially if these injuries, you know, if the rest of these guys end up being out, especially Julio Jones and Jake Matthews, as I've said repeatedly, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm feeling very confident about this game. I, I think you should, I think the bears just as long as they can continue carrying over and building on these offensive performances, I'll feel fine. I'll be completely happy. Let me, can I read you guys some stats here? That'll make you even more optimistic about our offensive line in our running game. You won't won't believe this. Bobby Massey leads the league in highest pass block win rate as a tackle. Bobby Massey leads the league in that category. James Daniels is second in the league in the highest pass block win rate as a guard. I mean, what, like... like, Dude, just... Sorry to cut you off, but, like... No, go. I mean, Bobby Massey's doing that while being the best wide receiver on our team as well. So, it's like, that's pretty impressive. (laughs) Oh, that's great! I mean, that, how about that play, man? I mean, wow! I, I, when I, 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 I'm so sorry for cutting you off. I just wanted to make no, sure, like, I didn't forget said, to mention so. that that Bobby Massey catch, because, like, holy shit! Like, what was going through your guys' head, heads right there? I was just like, holy shit, we got bailed out. That was that was, going <laughs> that was literally all that was going through my mind. All right, go ahead, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I mean that's like. I mean, this is just what I said all offseason, man. It, like, was, look, these guys, man, they have talent. And Harry Houston just wasn't the right guy. Juan Castillo comes in, and boom. It's, it's literally like a snap of the finger. Like, okay, there's your talent. We're going to actually show it now. So, um, you know, it, it's cool It's cool to see that, obviously. Cody Whitehair is actually in the top 10 in that category as well um, for his particular position so for center. So, I mean, man, that, like, that's great to see, right? And we're seeing the firsthand effects of that with, that with the statistics of the run game. So, and actually, as a team, the Bears, are second in the NFL in pass block win rate and fifth in the league in run block win rate. So as a unit, they're top 10, top five in both pass blocking and run blocking win rates. Like if you had told, and it's funny because people are still going to say the Bears don't have a good offensive line, but man, if you would have told me that the Bears were top five in those two categories three months ago, I probably would have said you're crazy. Yeah, Yeah, a little laughed in your face. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. No, no, like 100%. But, you know, like those stats, you know, check out. Because, I, I, you know, last week against the Giants, I was, you know, watching that game thinking like, damn, I, I really haven't complained about anyone on the offensive line. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's surprising. Like, you know, and, you know, when when you don't hear an offensive uh, lineman's name a lot, that's probably a good thing. Um, so like, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about it right now. I don't remember hearing, you know, the commentator chew anybody out or even call anybody out. Um, other than I think in the Lions game, there was one play where Charles Leno, I think just let someone blow right past him. But like, honestly, other than that, I, I can't like pick out another moment where somebody on the offensive line made a terrible mistake. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things, like you said, it's like you said, when if you don't hear their name or if you don't know their name, that's how you know they're good. Like That's how you know they're yeah, at, yeah. at least adequate. So, yeah, yeah I, I, that's absolutely the biggest thing. And I, I and I think I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty sure I was the one that said Juan Castillo could be an expector yeah, for this team. Yep. You did. And I don't think a lot of people believed you on that. I really didn't because people were like, well, I mean, these guys simply aren't very talented. Like, what's the coach going to do? And, like, if you go back and watch the tape, like, what they're drawing up for the – like, it's impressive, man. So, it's really cool to see. It, it really is. And it's just – it's exciting, man, because, like you said, like, who would have thought? Who would have thought that – I know it's two games. It, it's two games, and you weren't going against the greatest defenses. But still, like, you know, they're doing what they need to do, and you can't make any excuses for that. So, so good for them, and – and hopefully it keeps going. I mean, they're not they're not facing a demonizing pass rush against Atlanta, that's for sure. I mean, you got some Grady Jarrett up. To, is Grady Jarrett still there, I believe? And Takaris McKinley is actually one of the guys on the injury report. I doubt he'll play. Um, but we're, we're not talking about a devastating pass rush here. So ho- hopefully that holds up because, you know, they've been giving Mitch the time. They've been making the holes for Dave Montgomery. So continue to do that. And, and that's great. So, I mean, uh, I'm and Jermaine Fetty. How about that? Jermaine Fetty looks yep. great. I mean, we, we were yep. we were so uncertain about him. Um, some some like, of us you, were uncertain. You were no, straight up against. I, mean, no, I was no, not against. No, 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 no. No, listen, listen, listen. I'll eat my words. I was the one who was completely against Jermaine Fetty. I remember, I remember you guys were kind of defending him in a way, saying, like, give him a chance. And I was just like, nope, nope, nope. Like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> And then, you know, like, he's he's been great. He's been great. He really has. And, you know, moving over to guard looks like, you know, it really did help him. And I remember we mentioned that. I think you guys, that was, like, one of your arguments to, like, why I should, you know, just give him a chance. Like, he's moving over to guard now, you know. It's not where he's gotten beat. Mm-hmm. He's gotten beat at tackle a lot throughout his career. So, um, you know, I, I'm really happy with, with how he's played and the whole offensive line in general. Hopefully they can uh, – they can keep this up against, you know, better defenses as well. You want to know what's been amazing, too? Is what? we haven't heard holding, number 65, yeah. Yeah. holding, holding. We haven't heard that. Now, Now, granted, I, I got to say, I wish we were hearing a little bit more of it because I think it's kind of a league-wide thing, and we've been yeah. seeing Khalil Mack absolutely get mauled and not a single flag to show for it. So I'd be willing to sacrifice a few offensive flags if it meant Khalil Mack would get his justice every once in a while because this guy is just get. I mean, did you guys see the video of Caden Smith and Evan Ingram, like, choke holding him once again uh yeah. on his pursuit um, daniel jones like and, and like the, like just pick out any play pick out any play stupid. of khalil it's max stupid, and it's man. it's a hold like so it, it really it's frustrating is. to see but again at least at least it's not the bears offensive line committing it but it is stupid 
It is. It, it is. I mean, like, you know, it, it's funny because I feel like so few Bears fans, um, like, commented on that because, like, it's it's our every Sunday. Every, it really yeah. is our every Sunday. Like, multiple times a game, you know, we all see it. And, and then everyone wants to complain about why he's not doing anything. I mean, you're, he's literally getting choked, like, choked. Like he's freaking, you know, like the, like the Undertaker is 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 a, making an appearance or something. Like I just don't get it, man. I don't. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, and Coyle Mac needs to absolutely. I mean, they need to put a ref next to his side or on right yeah. next to him so that he gets his his but, own specific ref. Just yeah, for him. I mean, I, I think the bear. I think Bears fans have just gotten used to it. Like, okay, this is just yeah, this is normal now. This is what's gonna happen, but. Um, alas, we push forward. Uh, let's do some over and unders because I got one. Ooh, let's go. Let's do it. Uh, and this is topical, but Allen Robinson over under yards 49 and a half. Oh, 49 and a half. Who you, did you drop that number or is this I on did. draft? No, I, I, no I, I drew this up myself. 49. Wow. Now, be, before I answer, be, yeah, this is this is a before I answer. What? Please tell me the decision making that went into forty nine and a half. Uh, last week's game. Okay. Well, see. Okay, but like, look, man, look, we were critical. Okay, we were critical of Allen Robinson a little bit, right? Like slightly critical, and I think rightfully so, right? He looked like a different player, and I, I don't think you can deny that. And you know, again, I don't. I don't know what went into that. He was frustrated. He was missed open a few times. Maybe again, the week's events, whatever may have happened, but like. I, th- I, th- I truly think that game was an anomaly. Like, that is truly what I believe. Like, we have people out here on Twitter questioning Allen Robinson's heart and dedication to the city. Like, if you're doing that, you're out of your mind. Like, my prediction was straight wrong. I'll admit it. I thought he was going to come out and say, look, I'm going to prove my worth. But I think it just turned out James ba- James Bradbury, great cornerback, locked him up. Um, he's going to go up against Isaiah Oliver or maybe even the rookie A.J. Terrell. I- like, I think maybe this is the game where he's going to be knocking on Ryan Pace's door afterwards and say, look, here's my worth. I put it all on the field for you. I put it all on the field uh, typically every week. Like, pay me. Please pay me. And I, I hope this is the week that he does do that. And I think it is. So I'm, I'm going over. I'm going over. Yeah. Way over. Um, to me, this is easy over. Um, like, like, I get it, man. I get it. He had a very bad game. And I was pretty vocal about it on, on this podcast as well. Um, you know, I said he. I, I went as far as calling him terrible um, last game. So, you know, I, I just look forty nine and a half. I, I promise you, if you if you make that bet, like if you set every uh, over and under for Allen Robinson yards to forty nine and a half, I get. I will take the over every time, and you take the under every time, and I promise you, I will win more money than you. So I will absolutely oh, take course. that. I, I agree with you, but you have to see my line of thinking here where he's visibly and noticeably upset and not yes. trying as hard. And the, there are teams that are game planning for him, and he has a reason to not fight for those jump balls as much anymore. So I just think there's there's fire where there's smoke. But does Look, he man, have a reason to? And to mm-hmm. him, okay, well, to us, maybe not, but to him, clearly, yes. I mean, but look, it's it's like, okay, if you're the Bears and what you guys just said, like, I'm not disagreeing with, with, with what you said about how he's looked, but it's like, okay, then that's something you got to talk about, right? Like, you can't have a player out there not trying, yeah. right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, and the thing is, we don't know. We don't know that they haven't been or that they haven't. That's true. That. No, that's true. But like, just for discussion's sake, like, like, what do you do if that continues? Like, I mean, 
I mean, <laughs> well, like, so, so here's what I'm worried about. Like, I don't, I don't think this is the case, but I think I feel like some Bears fans are gonna uh, think that Allen Robinson is taking the approach that he's not trying because uh, he's not gonna try until uh, until Ryan Pace pays him his money, and he's trying to prove a point to Ryan Pace that oh, if you don't pay me, I'm not gonna try. I don't think that's the approach he is taking, but like. He, I mean, am I wrong to say that I think he, like, so here's the problem. Here's the problem. Allen Robinson should not need to prove his worth to this organization. He should not need to do it. He he should have gotten paid in the offseason. He's done enough. He's only, what we say, uh, one of three wide receivers who have at least 100 receptions, 1,200 yards, and seven touchdowns. The other two players are Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. That's clearly elite company. He shouldn't have to prove his worth, but I feel like in this current situation, he does have to. Am I wrong? Like He does have to go out there, put up 150 yards, and say, Ryan Pace, I know you're skeptical of paying me like I'm a top three, top five wide receiver. I just showed you that I am. Give me my paycheck. I mean, is that a wrong way of thinking? Because I don't I don't know if it is. I mean, like, it's just so it's so hard to, like, dissect the situation because it's like there's two completely different sides and like both arguments make sense. Like, I I know you guys remember earlier this morning, I texted you guys like, this is exactly why you you get stuff done in the offseason, like this Mm -hmm. to avoid this exact situation. So it's like, you know, like and, and like you said, he has absolutely nothing to prove. But if Ryan Pace thinks he has something to prove, then it's like, what do you do? Like, like, what really are you supposed to do? Like, do you risk, you know, you know playing your ass off and, and, you know, potentially risking injury? And, you know, now you're just played your way out or, you know, like, do that's the thing. Like some of these guys just want the security, like the financial security. And it's like, sure, you can't blame them for it, you know, but at no. the same time. It's like if the guy's not trying, like, what do you do? Because, I mean, you know, like, it, it, it's tough. It's really tough. And that's why here, here's my here's my thing with this. Just pay the guy, like, right now, and, you know, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Simple, eh? <laughs> Simple. Yeah, easy. Well, Chris does have a, a point in his line of thinking because you are absolutely – hurtling at million miles an hour towards Stefan Diggs territory. So at some point you're going to be, you know, you're going to have to make a decision that maybe you don't want to make. So yeah, I mean, Chris has a point. Um, Would it be more appropriate if I said a number like 84 and a half? Yes, that Uh, would be an appropriate number. uh, No, no, I think, well, well, Chris, I mean, look, we, we think it's going to be over, but like, like if, if Jake's going to Vegas with this, like, they usually will put it around there, like even if you're DeAndre Hopkins or something, because like it's like it's hard to be consistent. Like not he's not gonna have a hundred yards yeah. every week. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would probably say somewhere closer to like the middle of the two numbers you said, like between forty nine and a half. And what'd you say? You, did you say eighty four and a half or eighty nine? Oh, so you think that yeah. was too high? Yeah, I mean, uh, like uh, as far as an over under goes, slightly. Sure. I mean, but then at the same time, it's like it's so possible, man. Like, that's hard. That's hard. I, I would say maybe like 70, 79, 79 yards. Let me pose you this question then. Let me, let me, so 79 yards. Okay. Let me pose you this question. I mean, we, we've had the skepticism. We saw last week. Make a prediction. Is he going to come out? extremely motivated this week or not yes or no question is he gonna come up with a heck of a lot of fire or not i mean 
what's what changed between last week and this week for him to do that? Like if you know, if, mentality. If, I mean, his mentality was off on Sunday, indisputable. And that's what I'm saying. And like, and we know that that it's more than likely because of this contract situation. So it's like if that contract situation hasn't changed, I don't see any reason why his mentality would really change. If if he's really, you know, not playing or not giving it his all because of this. I I do agree with Chris. I think it's the contract situation. I don't think it's going to change until he gets paid or until there's significant progress made. Like I could see him coming out with fire if they're at like the finish line with a contract Uh extension. But I think until he gets paid, I I think, yeah, you're going to see this. There's no reason for him to change uh, what he's doing. Uh, But then you're implying that he's so then that would be implying that he's intentionally not giving 100 percent because he doesn't have the money. Well, Well, I I don't think I think I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference between coming out 100 percent and coming out with a fire in in your eyes and coming out with, you know, Well, he should. though. That's what I'm saying. Like, he should. Right. I agree with you, but also, you know, he did that and he's been doing that and look where it got him, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and so sometimes like, you play the other yeah. side of the coin. Yeah. And and that's the problem. But like, here's the thing, like, Kevin, to your point about him not trying, like we're, there's a possibility that we could be completely off and he generally just had a bad game like every yes, player. Yes, 100%. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if that's the case... You know, if that's if he really isn't trying, then I feel like nothing will change because it's like he still hasn't get paid and he still hasn't gotten paid. And it's like that's what he wanted. Um, So you get what I'm saying? Like if if he comes out with that fire, I don't think it's necessarily mentality. I think it's just he had a bad game last week. Um, That's kind of how I'm viewing it. I mean, the only reason I say it is like Alan Robinson comes down with that ball against James Bradbury 99 percent of the time. And he did it on Sunday, yeah. and that's why it's like like 99% of the time, man. We know how good he is at jump. He's one of the best of the league and contested catches. Well, there's always catches. that 100th time. There's so always that 100th time. So, so exactly. I mean, that plays to Chris's point. Like, maybe we're all, maybe look, maybe we're all just reading too into this. Like, think about it this way. You take away well, the James are. Bradbury interception. We, we are. We're thinking too. Oh, we are because that's our jobs. Like, no, we have like, percent are, yeah. But, like, if you take away the Bradbury interception, are we having different conversations? Because I feel like we probably are. Like, we're probably having different conversations if it weren't for that one single play. Yeah, we are. We definitely yeah, probably. are. But, yeah, like, you, was, you I mean, can't that, ignore yeah. it. I think, I, think that, I think we're overreacting to it because of what you said. Like, nine times out of ten, he's going to make that play. And then, like, it's easy to kind of just be like, oh, I mean, like, he wanted his money. He's not getting it. So, he just said, screw the Bears. And, you know, he didn't fight as hard. But it's like, I mean, dude, like... Uh, you know, like other other guys, people forget other other NFL players are gonna yep. make plays. Like it's just gonna happen. It's it's football, <laughs> exactly. man. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a very interesting situation to monitor heading into the week. Yeah. Well, we not even this week, just week two week. It's gonna be well, interesting yeah. to monitor, and that's what we've yeah. been doing. So. Yeah, I, I mean, this Allen Robinson thing is not going away. Hopefully it does. I mean, who knows? We could get burned, and tomorrow morning it comes out that he's got a new extension. Uh, I don't know why I forgot how to say the word extension we there for a second. We probably have to re-record this podcast, so hopefully it <laughs> doesn't happen. Let's, do, let's aim for Saturday evening, okay? Like a sure. three cone, <laughs> well, right? Saturday well, and night. To, and to hedge our bets, let's keep going with this uh, over-unders type thing. I have one more, and then I'll let okay. you guys do yours. Um, Robert Quinn returned in week two against the Giants. 
he was limited. You know, there were specific packages he came out against. I think he comes out with more plays, and I think he plays more of the snaps this week. Uh, Robert Quinn and Cleo Mack combined over or under three and a half sacks. Three and a half? Shoot. That's, uh, that's Kevin, dude, I, look. Look, man, you, you know my preseason bull prediction. It was Khalil Mack is going to get 20 sacks. Right now, he is not on pace to do that. So <laughs> this is the game. This is the game he's going to have. I've been clamoring for it, man. Just one Khalil Mack three-sack game. Give it to me. Uh, uh, Robert Quinn gets one. That'll equal four. That's over. Give me over. Just please give me over. Khalil Mack three-sack game. It's happening. They're looking at an offensive line of the Falcons that's just not very coherent. It, it's not great. I have the stats pulled up somewhere. I can't find them right now, um, but I will find them. So I'll find them in a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm going over. I'm going over. Look. Uh, Jake, either I'm either I'm biased as hell, or you're setting these way too low. Because in my opinion, that like, well, that's that's easy. crazy. Three and a half for for the, for just Mac and Quinn. I mean, dude, Do you like, think it should be higher. They, that's tough. They both have zero right now, Chris. No, I know, but I they mean, both like, have one. Talking, they both have oh, one. They both have talk- one. My bad, my bad, my bad. We, we just talked about their. You know, their whole offensive line basically not playing like it's I mean, and and they they did look I mean, they were getting the pressures. They were. I think it's just a matter of, you know, finishing the job. Like, it's not like they weren't getting there. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm going over, man. Like, I just. I, I just can't see a scenario where they get less than that, especially if the injuries, you know, if the injuries uh, for the Falcons are too much for them to overcome or the, their offensive linemen at least. So, you know what, before Jake, before you make your prediction, I'll give you this. And what I've noticed is, I, what, especially when the Giants game was, they were getting the ball fast, man. I don't know if you guys watched the Khalil Mack uh, mic'd up that the yeah. Bears Twitter posted, but numerous times he walked off the sideline and he's like, man, they're quick. Like, like as it, like, I'm, what I'm telling you right now is Dan Quinn is right now in the room with Matt Ryan saying, look, you don't have a lot of time to throw the ball. So our game plan is we're going to run all the slants and all the draw, uh, drags across the middle, and you're going to get the ball as quick as you can because the pass rush is getting there for the defense. Like, they are getting to the quarterback. They actually are all significantly above the league average in separation from QB during pass rush, which means they're getting there. They're just not finishing, right, as we talked about. And why do you think that's happening? Because teams are getting the ball up quick. Yeah. Daniel uh, yeah. Jones is a little bit more mobile. Matt Ryan's a statue. Matt Ryan's a great player, yeah. fantastic quarterback, top 10 quarterback. He's a statue. He's he, he doesn't move around the pocket as well as Daniel Jones or even Matt Stafford. So I think this could be the game. You're very well right. This could be the game where they finally finish uh, those pressures. So now, Jake, yeah. make your prediction. No, I, I do think it's over as well, uh, especially if that offensive lineman, if those offensive linemen, if they don't start, uh, if they don't play. And like you said, Matt Ryan, he's very good in the mental aspect of the game of if he needs to get it out fast, he will. But I do think that if the pocket's collapsing and he has to scramble, you're going to get him a few times. So I'm going to go over as well. Okay, shall we do some more over-unders? Is, is this what we're doing here? Yep, those were my two. Okay, um, ahead, let me let me let me give you one here. Now, now this is for a player on the Falcons, but it will be revealing of how a defensive player on the Bears will play. So Calvin Ridley currently leads the league in, the re- in receiving yards. Currently leads the league in touchdowns. He's a phenomenal player, very smooth route runner, and most likely uh, throughout the game, especially if Julio Jones plays, he'll be matched up against Jalen Johnson, who is like was ranked by PFF like 
the one of the top five best defenders so far through, and he's a rookie um, through the first two games. So over under, let's go seventy yards for Calvin Ridley if he's matched up against Jalen Johnson. Um, said seventy. Well, it sounds like Julio is going to be on Jalen Johnson, no? You think? Well, I mean, well, it's, yeah, I think that's what it, it sounded like in the press conferences. Yeah, well, they, they at they least made it, it sounded like that that's way. what they were planning for. But I, I think it's gonna, I think that you're gonna. That they're probably gonna throw both Fuller and Johnson at yeah, him. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I don't think like, dude. I mean, just w- one guy against Julio. Just turn off the TV because it's not gonna be pretty. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I think seventy yards. Because, look, I mean, both, whether it is Jalen Johnson or Kyle Fuller against Calvin Ridley, I mean, those guys have been locked down this year. Yeah. Like, Kyle Fuller has yeah. not gotten enough attention for how well he has played. But Calvin Ridley, also very good receiver. So this is why, like, this is one of the player matchups I had highlighted as well. Because Jalen Johnson's a dog. Kyle Fuller is a dog. Can I read you the Jalen Johnson quote real quick? And maybe this will change your mind. I'm, I'm sure you heard it, but here it is. Let's, let's do it. Quote, at the end of the day. He bleeds the same way I bleed, so I'm just going to go out there and compete. He's the best, and I consider myself one of the best. That was him talking about Julio Jones. If that's not the – like, I don't know what other mentality you want out of your rookie cornerback because that's it right there. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I'll, I'll go under for the for 70 yards for Ridley, um, but slightly. Yeah. I, I'm going to go over just because I think one of these guys – alone is more talented than either team's receiving cores that you've already faced put together, uh, let alone both of them put together on the same offense. So I'm going to go over. I think they have a decent yardage day, but I'm going to say that between the two of them, they only have one touchdown all day. I like that. So one, one more than, um, you know, Matt Ryan likes to throw the ball around to throw some interceptions. Bears have looked better already this year as far as forcing interceptions. Actually, I went back and people are talking about the Eddie Jackson interception, and apparently the ref actually apologized to him. So that right there is all you need to know about whether that was a good or bad call. So that should have been another interception and touchdown on the board for the Bears. Over under two, um, sure, over under two turnovers for the Bears defense against Atlanta on Sunday. Over. Okay. Over. Yeah, I'm not even going to explain just over. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over. I think Eddie Jackson is very, very adamant that he's going to get one soon. <laughs> uh, and, and I yep. think, you know, with that offensive line being porous for Atlanta, I think one of your linemen can, or linebackers could force a fumble too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. All right, Chris, what um, you got? So, over or under three touchdown scored by the bears offense over over yeah yeah over. that was the quickest answer ever for me over okay. i think they score at least four okay now look then, now now let me let me put some some validity behind this and, and some reasoning because i know people are going to say that was completely illogical that we answered it that quickly now now <laughs> it is concerning the fact <laughs> hey that's what we do it is concerning that 50, they have the 50% red zone scoring percentage, 28th in the league. And what, what that was one of my keys entering the season was, look, they got to be better in the red zone, man. They got to score in the red zone. They're still not doing it at the highest rate. Again, only two games of sample size. But, you know, I mean, we uh, I've, already read you, I've already read you the stats about the Atlanta defense, man. Four four touchdowns is – three touchdowns is achievable. I think four touchdowns is achievable. Um, and almost like – I don't know if my expectations are too high for this offense, but I would say, like, expect it. Like, is that crazy to say that 
maybe that's what I expect. Like from what we've seen from them, from what we've seen from the rush game, that's top 10 in rushing from what we've seen from Mitchell Trubisky, who looks like a completely different player, like four touchdowns, maybe expected against this defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, you know, like we've been talking about pretty much this entire episode, like if there's any time for this offense to come yeah. like alive fully, it's, it's this week, you know? Um, and, you know, I know we've said that the last few weeks, but you just, you, you just got to believe that that they're eventually going to make that breakthrough. Because like you said, like just everything about the offense looks better to me. Um, maybe not in terms of scoring points necessarily, but one thing that's very important, very obvious thing, but very important. Like just look how much easier the Bears are able to move down the field and pick up, you know, chunk plays. Like I feel like we didn't we didn't see that a lot last year. Like every play was just like hard-earned like four-yard carry and like that was that would be like you know the best gain of the of the game for the Bears last year like it was just stuff like that just very gritty and you know the offense just was so bad um and it looks like they're moving the ball down the field easier so yeah I'm with you I think uh I think they can definitely get it done yeah I I'm with that as well this team is just already better than last year's team to this point that I think it's just at some point it does at some point all have to click and come together for some kind of offensive reckoning. Yep. And then my second over under uh, 74 and over under 74 and a half uh, rushing yards for David Montgomery. Over. 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 Okay. I, 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 now my, you know, my computer's having this issue. It doesn't, it like always wants to freeze. I had something. Okay, we're back. Um, look, the, the Atlanta Falcons have a solid run game right now. They're allowing only 104.5 rush yards per game, but that's because opponents are only running 37% of the time against them because they're past, their secondary is so vulnerable. So I don't, the only, my only objection against that was, like, the Bears are rushing 46.51% of the time, the ninth highest rate in the league. They're rushing the ball, which is, like, man, do we love that after what we saw last year. But, like, if you have a vulnerable secondary and things are clicking, maybe maybe they won't give the ball to David Montgomery that many times. So I would say the only reason that number could be under is if they truly do pass the ball as much as maybe other teams have at that 63% rate. So um, yeah. and what was the number again? 745 I'm, I might I might go under simply for that reason. Simply for that reason. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. So, Jake? No, I the same thing. I just think Montgomery has been running so well and this offensive line has been mm-hmm. playing so well that there's no reason to think otherwise than over. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I hear you. All right, let's get to our bold predictions, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, my bold prediction, I only have one today, and that is that after this week, after he plays more than 50% of the snaps, we are going to be saying that Danny Trevathan is still a contributor to this defense. Ooh. Okay. Wow. Hey, boy, without that. that. That was literally mine. That was really? <laughs> yep. That's impressive. So. I mean, well, okay, we got two men thinking confidently about this. Let's go. I mean, man, I would love to see that because – People haven't been saying. People haven't been letting up on him this week, man. They, they, everyone else is noticing yep. the same things we're noticing, which I think is telling. You know that if yeah. it's that noticeable, there's something wrong there. So, you know, that's our guy, man. Let's hope he proves he uh, he proves his worth again this week. I'll, I'll I'll go real quick. Um, this to me is the Tariq Cohen game. Now, now, okay, Tariq Cohen gets this extension, doesn't really perform last week. I think this is the week where he performs. Shout out Tariq Cohen. I won an Xbox from that guy. 
Appreciate that, my man. Um, but the last time Tariq Cohen played the Falcons, you guys remember that his rookie year? That was like yep. the moment for Tariq Cohen. That was what kind of like turned him on. Like he had multiple runs where he's running all over the place, left to right, you know, shaking guys, going downfield, doing all these moves. And like, to be honest, like we haven't seen many games like that from him since that one, right? Like yeah. maybe the Jets game where he scores a 70 yard touchdown and he's been a great contributor, but like, when I talk about those games where he's showing off the human joystick and, and living up to that name, like I, I think this could be that opportunity. So I'm, I'm going Tariq Cohen. I don't have a specific set. I'm just saying that this is going to be one of the better games for Tariq Cohen. Yep. Um, look, I was I, I was going to go with – I had two in mind, but I decided to go with the Dan Trevathan one, but I'm just going to use my other one. Look, I know – People are ready to give up on him. He's inconsistent. He's this and that. He's this and that. He's immature. Anthony Miller bounce back game for this reason and this reason only. Anthony Miller, if you pay attention to the games Anthony Miller does well, it seems like it always comes after there's like huge criticism <laughs> around the fan base every <laughs> single time. And it's like, that's why. That's why he always, like, I think that's why people are just so high on him because it's like every time we're like, all right, you know, this is Anthony Miller's time to shine. You know, there has to be, like, a fire lit under his ass, and it's like it just hasn't it hasn't happened consistently. So I know he sees what everyone's saying, and I and I don't know if you guys saw what Allen Robinson said about him, but he, he said that so Anthony yeah, Miller yep, is better in year three than he is in year two and in year one. And he's improving and he has, you know, star potential, basically. So I definitely think he's paying attention to it. And I and I know he knows that he was terrible as a game. So I think that he can absolutely bounce back. And, you know, the Falcons corners are not very good. So he's, he's facing a rookie. He's yep, going up against exactly. A.J. Terrell. AJ Terrell so yep. opportunity yep. is there. Absolutely. Yep, exactly. I, I just want to say one thing on that, just because, you know, it's great to hear that about Anthony Miller, but objectively a player should be getting better in year three as opposed to year one and two, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean. Well, yeah, but I think I think he was more so saying, like, don't give up because he's pro- he's progressing. Like, I, I think it was just more sure. Like that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, because I, I think people were questioning the regression. I think that's why he had to make that statement or he felt he had to make that statement. I mean, uh, did you guys see the poll I ran yesterday? No, no. Who finishes as WR2 for oh, the Bears oh, yeah, this season? Yeah, I voted I Mooney. That. I'm sorry. I voted 50, Mooney. 58% said Darnell Mooney. 58%. I mean, that, that's look, recency biased. And for a good reason, is, Darnell Mooney has big. been the contributor the last two weeks. Listen, I remember so many people being high on Anthony Miller this offseason. And basically, it like just to show proof that it is recency bias, you mean to tell me your entire outlook on Anthony Miller changed because of two games? And in one of those games, he was actually yeah, exactly. the reason we won. So it's exactly. like, it's just, man, like, I, I ran the poll for this exact reason. Like, I just want to see, like, where people were at with this. And it, it's, it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. I, I just, I, I think he sees all this. He notices all of this. And I'm not talking necessarily about my poll. I don't know. He poll. is looking at your poll right now, Chris. Yeah. He, is, <laughs> he took a screenshot yeah. of that and made it his home screen. I hope he is. I ho- I really hope he is because I think that's that's the fire that he needs. <laughs> I think Anthony yeah, Miller does play with that chip, though, that firework. Yeah. He's like, okay, let me go do this right now real quick. So, yeah, I mean, I would love that. I think – 
Anthony Miller breaking out and saying, okay, let's do this, and kind of having a personal competition with Darnell Mooney to the point where it gives you three legitimate wide receivers, yep. that's everything the Bears have wanted so far. Yes. Yep, exactly. Yes. Um, one more thing before we wrap this up that I want to get to. The tight ends, Nagy has said they're playing better, even if you don't see it. He's commended their blocking. Uh, the receiving isn't really there outside of Jimmy Graham. Uh, you know, the touchdowns, which we've talked about. I um, mean, our guy, Adam Abdallah, Kevin, uh, is saying that he's sweating now already. But I, I'm disappointed in Cole Komet and the tight ends and their receiving production, or do you think that's just something that's coming? Um. I think that's something that's coming. Let's be honest. We didn't really see the red zone opportunities for Jimmy Graham. And what did we say? Like, I'm basing my whole opi- uh, opinion on Jimmy Graham off of the red zone. Like, that's that's what you brought him here for, in my opinion. We, I mean, how many times have we talked about that? We didn't bring him here to get 1,000 yards. We brought him here to score touchdowns. They just simply didn't get that opportunity this league. They were in the red zone, like, two times last week. So um, I think once they get into those favorable situations for a guy like him, then, yeah, those things will come. I mean, I don't, you know, I would like to see maybe a little bit more from Cole Komet. You guys' first career reception last week. But, like, again, I don't, I mean, were we expecting prior to the season that these guys were going to be running all over the field on cross routes and stuff? Like, I mean, I knew we were, I think we knew it would come in flashes, but we weren't expecting those to be guys you could necessarily rely on outside of the red zone. So I'm not worried about it. I think it's totally fine. I think you just got to give them the right opportunities. And again, Cole Komet's a rookie. And, 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 you know, rookie tight ends are, for me, I think, are one position where it's a little bit more difficult to kind of burst onto the scene immediately. Yep. I feel like we see that less often when it comes to that position. So I'm not going to put too much stock into that. Um, but, yeah, no doubt you would like to see more. But I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about it. Yeah, I, I'm look, I'm so unbothered with it. Like I th- it's going pretty much exactly how I expected it to go with the tight ends. Like what we're seeing is, you know, what you have is what you're going to get, basically. Like Cole Kmet's a freaking rookie. He's played two games. Um, and, and look, and I've seen people actually say, like, damn, like we shouldn't have taken him. We should have taken X, Y, and Z player. And it's like already. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Hundred percent, and I well, mean, people were already against that pick from the beginning. They've been exactly. waiting to, it's to pounce on that. Cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, listen, man. I think, I think Cole Kmet's going to be a good player. I don't, I don't know if he'll be a superstar, like, but I, I think he'll be a very good player. I think he'll be productive, and just got to give him some time. You guys want to know what the best thing is? They're, they're on best. the field, yeah. and they're not, they're not on the injury yeah. report. That, that's True. that's. Exactly. <laughs> That's all you can ask True. for. They're on the field. They're, they're eligible to play. Yeah. That's true. That, that, that's the main thing. And the blocking is clearly working because we actually mm-hmm. have a running game. So I'll take it. Yep. I'll take it. And if, if more comes later, then great. That's perfect. Um, yep. But all right. You guys got anything else? Score predictions. Um, what do you got? Oh, yep, yep. That's a good call. Um, I'm going to go Bears win this one 31-21. Okay, Chris. Uh, um, I'll go twenty-eight twenty Bears. Who was closest last week? I can't remember. I, I all I know is we're all two and zero. I think so. So in that sense, Jake is two and zero when it comes to the closest score. I Ooh. definitely wasn't there. I think. I think I was predicting like 31-13, so it definitely wasn't me. So, Jake, uh, congrats to Jake for that, his 2-0 lead. But I'm coming for it this week. I think Bears win 34-27. I just like that number. Um, it just Isn't that just like a cool – like that's just such a 
like I feel like we see 34-27 all the time across the league. So I think it's going to happen. 34-27, let's go. Bear down. We're all ready for it. Uh, Bears to Atlanta, let's go. Let's do it. Bear down. Yep, so Bears coming in, going to play Atlanta Sunday, week three, looking to go 3-0. and You've got our predictions. You've got our bold predictions. You've got our overs and unders. So we hope that carries you all the way till Sunday. And once that game is over, we'll be back for a reaction pod. But until then, we are signing off. This has been Bears Nation Podcast for myself, for Kevin, and for Chris. We'll see you next time. And as always, bear down. Let's go.